what I would like to hand off is to always listen to your team. They're the key to your success. They're frontline. Like these are my frontline staff. These are the people that are going to mean the most to us and how we care for our patients. And what better resource? Hello and welcome to The Handoff, a podcast about the most critical topics in nursing. My guest today was just weeks into her new role as a nurse leader at Lehigh Valley Health when COVID-19 hit. Nicole Persing turned her experience as an Ironman and an endurance athlete in order to cope with the logistical, physical, and emotional challenges of managing an ICU in the middle of a -a once-in-a-generation pandemic. Today, we talk about the team-based approach to nursing that she pioneered to manage severe understaffing on her unit and how she's navigated her own mental health struggles coming out of the worst of the pandemic. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, let's rewind and have the traumatic memories of COVID and, <laughs> and just start sure, there. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you were a brand new nurse leader when the pandemic started and had to quickly take on a lot of stuff. And, you know, we were chatting before we, we started that you were running to step-down units, COVID units. You know, what was that experience like? If you could sum it up in a few words, I mean, what was that like and what changed in you? So since you mentioned, I I am an Ironman. So it was like Ironman on steroids. I definitely had to pull a lot of my knowledge and mental strength that I have gained through doing endurance races and endurance training like Ironman to get me through this. I entered the leader role, like you said, taking care of two step-down units that quickly pivoted into COVID units, needing to care for ICU-level patients. In addition, I had a staff COVID outbreak. So that was week one of my uh, newly appointed leadership role, and I was down 12 nurses. And then about week three into that, I was told we had to open additional beds and I had to open an additional 12 beds. So I already had over 50 beds that I was responsible for. And then I had to open up an additional 12 beds to help offload the ICU further. And this unit was a overflow mom baby unit. So we did not have the equipment initially to care for ICU level adult patients, let alone COVID. In that acuity. So we literally had 24 hours to transform this. And I mean, it took so much manpower between myself, my team, senior leadership, our supply chain, everybody kind of came to the table in a very quick way and transformed this unit so we could care for our patient population. Not only that, but I had brand new nurses on my COVID unit that were literally just coming off orientation. So I tapped into like a little bit of their knowledge and a little bit of their fear too, but their creativity. And we had a very quick staff meeting and we came together and was like, okay, how are we going to do this? So that's where the beginning of team nursing came into play for us. That's awesome. And I love the fact that you sort of tapped into the team to figure out the problems and you're leading through the unknown. You know, we didn't have the answers. We didn't know a ton about the virus initially. We didn't have the right PPE, but you know, nurses sort of come together and figure the stuff out in real time. You know, what was some of your background in leadership kind of development and, and mentorship that, you know, where you went directly to your staff to start problem solving when 
in other systems, they went directly to command and control, like take the decision making off the nurses, really sort of, you know, push down those things. You know, where did you sort of develop those skills of teaming rather than sort of the command and control? They're frontline. Like these are my frontline staff. These are the people that are going to mean the most to us and how we care for our patients. And what better resource than tapping into them and their like new knowledge, like they're coming into this with fresh eyes and they may have a different scenario than I'm thinking in my head. And I like to challenge thinking outside the box and doing things a little bit differently than the standard path. Sometimes that's usually the most difficult path, but I like that challenge. And I think, you know, just from like being at a younger age, I work, you know, I played team sports and I knew I could not do this alone by any means. Like I knew none of the situations I was going to say, or none of the scenarios, none of the ideas are, were going to work unless I had the support of the team. You know, the team nursing has sort of gone in and out of fashion too, with yeah. <laughs> that solution, right? And, you know, when I was an ER nurse, we did team nursing. We, you know, we had... I don't know, four nurses per pod. And we all just sort of, you know, we had our primary patient, but we sort of all just did the work and got it done and picked up for each other. And it worked out well. And, you know, we had the physicians assigned to us too. And, you know, I feel like in the ER space, it just, it just is sort of this natural sort of teamwork piece. But what made you go that direction? And how was it received by the nurse? Because, you know, there's definitely, again, it's one of those things. It's like, well, that's my patient. Don't touch my patient, especially in the <laughs> <Yeah>. ICU. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to tuck them in. Do you get away? I'll tell you what you can do. You know, how is that received? And how did you sort of develop that? I mean, it was definitely a necessity because you don't have staff. You have staff with COVID, all those type of things, right? You have no other option. But you know, even despite those things, sometimes we resist that change. So I'd love to hear like how you got that across the finish line. So not only did I have a lot of staff, but like I said, my staff were really, really brand new nurses. And maybe that was to my advantage. They didn't really know any differently or any better. And they were looking to me for answers as well. So what I knew was we were going to have to take care of ICU level patients, patients that normally would have been in the ICU. So my nurses hadn't seen this level of acuity, let alone our flow pool, which was mostly medical surgical nurses because our ICU float nurses were already locked into our ICUs. So I had to work with our respiratory department and kind of get like a crash course on how to take care of patients on high flow oxygen, which we call OptiFlow. And that's the type of patient population we were going to get. And these patients were going to be on max settings. Like they were one step away from intubation. I utilized those resources and the resources from the hospital and our med surge flow pool, and I paired them together. So we paired a progressive care nurse or an ICU level nurse with a med surge nurse, and together they took care of a larger patient assignment, but they divided up the responsibilities. So our progressive care, our critical care nurse, took care of the assessment documentation, the titration of the OptiFlow, and communicating with the provider, whereas the med surge nurse or a secondary nurse on the team did all the medication passes. And then together, they were proning patients outside of the ICU so we could you know, attempt to reduce the risk for intubation for these patients. They were repositioning patients. They always had a partner. They were relieving each other for breaks so they could take that break from PPE. And it actually organically like transformed into this mentorship and support system for our staff. Now, initially, it was like, you want us to do what? 
and it wasn't super well received. However, we also knew that our primary care model wasn't going to work either. So we really didn't have anything to lose by trying it. And I think what has made it so successful is our staff, like my team, really took ownership of it. And then I really checked in and listened to what they were saying, what was working, what wasn't working. I went back to frontline staffing at the time and because we were so short-staffed, I was working alongside with them and like, I wanted to see my background's critical care. I, I am that ICU nurse who like wants control over her patients and I wanted to see how it worked. And I could see like what worked, what didn't work. And I listened to them and we tweaked it along the way. And before we knew it, we had something more substantial than just a crisis intervention. Yeah, I love that. It's sort of this natural evolution based on the constraints that you had. So now let's fast forward. So now we're sort of coming out of COVID in theory. So what are you not going back to? Are you going to go back to primary nursing or have you gone back to that? Like, have you reinstituted like all the Monday meetings and all the stuff that sort of is that just sort of stuff that's in health systems that just dropped off the radar because we are solving problems and taking care of patients? You know, I'm curious to hear sort of what stuck from the pandemic that's actually a really good thing. So team nursing actually has stuck and it has gone network wide. Very excitingly, we about a year ago brought back our LPNs into the acute care setting and we are putting them in team models. And they've been working in our adult acute care areas and medical surgical areas across the board. And that's been very exciting to grow and transform that and see like, wow, something that actually started between myself and my nurse residents, part of our nurse residency evidence-based project. And it really developed into something pretty significant. And I mean, it's definitely something I think we're all very proud of. Now, we don't do it 100% across the board. Like you mentioned, I'm in a new role. I just opened a new ICU, a 20-bed ICU, and we're still doing the primary care model there. However, some of the staff had transferred to that unit that had team nursed on my previous units. And it's not something that's off the table. I think what this has taught us, like, yes, we're doing meetings, but we're doing them differently. Like we're listening to each other. We're exploring kind of those out of the box ideas. Like what can we do next? That's going to elevate us and elevate our patient care and kind of bring us back to how we cared for patients pre pandemic, you know, that holistic approach. Yeah, I think that's such a great example of just teaming and coming together and solving problems and then carrying it through. Like, maybe we don't need to go back and maybe we can evolve into new ways of working. And that's one, I think, benefit of a crisis is it sort of makes you challenge your assumptions, you know, those normal routines that were happening every day. And you can bring the evidence to it. Yeah, your new grads who have great ideas, you know, that don't have all the cultural baggage <laughs> from the organization and they can really push against and say, hey, let's try these new things. That's such a cool thing. You know, the other thing that is so important is taking care of our staff. So, you know, how did Lehigh Health support the nurses as they went through pandemic and and even post-pandemic? You know, what are some of the programs that you have for nurses' mental health and wellness? And we know that's such a huge issue at the moment. Yeah. So I'll say Lehigh Valley has done an excellent job of maintaining 
our health and wellness, our mental health throughout this whole thing. I feel like it was always a priority. So we have a nurse who's a director of compassion and caring, and she is somebody who comes around during a crisis time. It could be like she had visited our units when we were hitting this last surge last winter time and we were losing patients, multiple patients at a time. And she would just be there to support our staff just going through and processing these traumatic events. She had come to some of our meetings, our team meetings. And then we have our employee assistance program, which is EAP. And they have a lot of trained counselors and psychologists on our team. And uh, that assistance program is available to all Lehigh Valley Health Network staff members. You get five free sessions. So it's a great way to start to kind of open up that communication line, you know, with all the things that we have dealt with. I'll share a little bit about myself. I think when going through the last couple years as a new leader and a nurse, I didn't quite realize the weight that was on my shoulders. Cause you're like just in this go mode and you're just thinking about like the next step in front of you and how do I take care of my staff? How do I take care of the patients? And like, you kind of like compartmentalize that, like what's actually happening around you. And this hit me like post pandemic. So we're coming out of like our surge time. Cause I think I really function well in high adrenaline, high stress environments. So over the summer, when we're coming out of this, and I think this is what's so important now is to take care of our staff now who are now starting to process what they've gone through. I'm this like mentally strong person. I've done two Ironmans. I thought going into this pandemic, like this is not going to break me by no means. Like I've been there. I've been like through tough, tough times mentally and gone through it. But this was like two years of sustaining at that type of mental strength. And I finally had enough. And I, I had a complete breakdown, complete. And it came out very primal. I just like was crying and screaming. And I didn't know what was happening. And really what was happening was just I was starting to let go and acknowledge all the trauma that I had gone through. And just kind of starting to reach out to my staff and my teams and acknowledging that, like, how are you doing? You know, let me tell you, I'm not doing okay. And people, you know, look at me like, oh, you're so tough. But like, I felt very broken, you know, so seeking help and feeling supported by the network has helped me kind of regain that strength. Yeah, that's such an important story that you may not realize that it's hurting and then it all comes out, you know, after the event or after you sort of have time to let down your guard. Because I used to feel that way as an ER nurse too. Like my wife's like, how do you see blood and guts and death and all this stuff? And you're like, I don't know, you just switch in a new mode. Like you're just in a different mode at work. You know, if my kid throws up on me at home, like it's not the same, but at work it's different and you sort of compartmentalize it. And I feel like a lot of nurses do that. And, you know, one of the things that Trusted Health did in the pandemic is we set up a crisis line staffed by mental health nurse practitioners. And we were really excited about, you know, the opportunity for nurses to be able to call in and, and in the moment, get some debriefing. And we quickly found that, you know, nurses didn't want to call in. They were scared to call and they were afraid to sort of let down their guard and, and be seen as weak or, you know, even have that tough conversation. So I would love to hear sort of your advice. You know, how did you, you know, encourage your teams to sort of 
process? And then how did you sort of move forward when you realized like, I'm not okay? Yeah. So, you know, it was really hard for me to acknowledge like that I was not okay, but there were so many signs there that I wasn't okay before I wasn't okay. And I just want to share my story. And, you know, I had those really real conversations with my staff, like not just the everyday mundane things, but like, how is your life? How are you doing? How are you processing this? And how can I help you or point you in the direction to help you out, get through what you're going through? Because we're all going to get hit at different times and certain things are going to trigger us. And just to acknowledge that, like, and be present, my staff and know, like, you know, it happens to the best of us and it doesn't make us weak. Actually, seeking help and getting better makes us stronger. That's strength, you know, acknowledging that, acknowledging that true vulnerability, that's strength. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And for the nurses listening, it's okay to not be okay. I think that's sort of the crux here. And it's not a sign of weakness at all. It's a sign of strength, like you mentioned. And so if you feel in that way, make sure that you reach out, get help. There's lots of resources, both free and and otherwise outside, specifically for healthcare workers. So please reach out and do that. So recently, the Magnet Conference happened, and you got to have a podium presentation, which for those of you that haven't been to Magnet or don't understand the whole conference scene, a podium presentation is like next level awesome. And it's really hard to get. Usually, you know, usually you get a little poster <laughs> over in the corner and you get to stand by it for an hour and people walk by and they're like waving to you and they're on their way to get coffee or something else. But a podium like that fills the room. And this was your first magnet conference, which is really cool. So I would love to hear about your magnet experience and what you presented on. And then how was that? So magnet was just awesome. Like it was like next level awesome. And to be able to just share knowledge with nurses and like in the same room too again and and just be there with one another was just an amazing experience. I was able, I was so fortunate to present our team nursing model on a podium presentation with one of my nurse residents at the time. So she had only been a nurse for two years actually when she presented at Magnet. She was extremely nervous, but she rocked it and it was just such a great experience to be like with a new nurse who I've watched just really evolve and grow. I mean, she came into this as a very new nurse resident and very green and very nervous about everything to just this like confident woman who knew her stuff like in two years. And being able to share that stage and that platform with her was just incredible. I think, you know, she was such a pivotal part of the transformation of team nursing and just the fact that we we're able to share that and people came up to us afterwards and they're like, oh, our institution wants to do this. Like, can we talk to you more about this? Like, how did you do this? We're trying to figure this out too, you know, because I think people are looking at alternative staffing models to help get us through, you know, and rebuild our profession, really. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things there. One, Congratulations on a podium at Magnet. Two, it's so cool that you brought a new nurse or newer nurse in, which I think we need to do more of that. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're like, well, you haven't been a nurse for enough years, you can't go. But I had similar experiences because of my mentors, you know, presenting at different conferences really close after graduating. And it just, it changes your whole perception of your profession and your professional life. And so 
that's such an awesome opportunity. And then, you know, I think the thing I love about conferences and presenting there is the conversations afterwards, the excitement of people. It's like, I've been looking for something like this forever. <laughs> and finally, someone presented on it. Let me, let's learn, let's teach each other. And that's a, such a great way to share knowledge. And that's so exciting. And then, of course, you got the, you know, the magnet party. And so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not bad either. No, um, that wasn't bad at all. Actually. That was, <laughs> that was the best part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Nurses can party. That's for sure. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's always, always fun. Um, well, you know, so, so kind of going into the track of the newer nurses, you know, Lehigh recently launched a year long residency program for new nurses in a time where staffing and investment in nursing is sort of in question in a lot of hospitals as they sort of lose lots of dollars and are starting to come back online and generate, you know, revenue again. You know, what was the decision to invest in your new nurses and what does that program look like? What's sort of one of the special sauce pieces of it? Yeah. So it actually was established in 2013, our nurse residency program, but I feel like it has really evolved over the last like year to two years. The main focus really is to grow and develop our next generation of nursing. And how we do that is they have a year-long residency where they get to develop their own evidence-based project, which can go network-wide. I mean, they have the influence of the entire network, which is what my nurses did, and which is amazing. And not only that, but then they also get what's called Tales of the Bedside. So I, as a nurse leader, participate in Tales of the Bedside. And I get assigned a group of nurse residents and we're put in a room and this is their safe space. It's like, I tell them it's Vegas. They're allowed to just vent, talk about what's going on, the good, the bad, the ugly. And it gives them that safe space to realize like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not alone in this right now. And for me, I love participating in it because I gain the knowledge of what they're looking for. Like, what is the new generation of nursing looking for? What's important to them? And I can take that back to, you know, my team as I grow and develop that. I think that's such a key to give them a space because they're processing lots of stuff. It's super stressful mm -hmm. being a new nurse. It's super stressful. <laughs> and now, now more than ever, it's so stressful. And I, you know, I want them to feel, and we as a network want them to feel supported and that they want to continue this profession. I think it's been so hard to watch some newer nurses be burnt out so quickly and want to just kind of throw in the towel when you see so much potential in them. I'm curious how you're thinking about sort of staffing as you're coming out of the pandemic too. So you have new grads, which are going to require a lot of preceptors. You have team nursing. You know, did you guys shift your staffing models or, you know, did you think about flexible shifts or, you know, all of sort of the buzzwords that are happening around sort of the gig economy and nurses not working 12s, but picking up four here and six there and eight, you know, I'm just curious if you guys have gone down that road at all as part of sort of that post pandemic, you know, how do we help our nurses, you know, think differently about work? Yeah. So we are starting to do that. And one thing that I have started, we do self-scheduling, which is also great. I actually have converted a couple travel nurses into LVHN employees. And one of them has now come to work um, in the ICU. And part of that was also tapping into like what they're looking for too. Like how do we convert them? Stay, you know, they're doing these long stints with us. What can we do to make this appealing to them? 
So we do the self-scheduling. It's online. They have to work, you know, X amount of weekends, but it doesn't have to be every other. And what I've gained from that and what they gain from that is just ownership of like their unit and they communicate and really they're able to work their schedule out. And there's not a whole lot for me to do once it's set. Like I don't really have to balance it too much because they've already talked it out. They know they have to do holidays, but they work with one another to do it. And I think, you know, that's the key to it, kind of giving them that autonomy and ownership of it. I know some floors are looking at like eight hour shifts and staffing that way. We do have a position on some of our medical surgical floors called a churn, which they come in like midday and they kind of help with lunches and help with admissions and stuff like that. So there's flexibility in that, but I try and keep it as like fluid as possible. And we have a scheduling committee and I really value like their input. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I, I love self-scheduling. I think it does provide that ownership of you know staffing the unit and allows some of that flexibility, which is a good sort of transition into some of the more, I guess, innovative or disruptive models of staffing where the 12-hour, 8-hour thing is sort of out the window. And I keep wondering, you know, how do you decrease the stress of ICU nurses or really any specialty, but you know, you work three, four days in the ICU. That's a lot. That's a heavy work. You know, what if you work two days in ICU and then the next day you worked in the outpatient clinic taking blood pressures or something, you know, like how do you systemize nursing knowledge and and clinical talent rather than just, you know, throwing them up in a unit and saying, that's where you're going to work every single day for the rest of your time here. But really thinking of that talent as sort of a system and deploying it in different ways to give people variety and new experiences. And hopefully one day we get to that system-based staffing rather than the service line-based staffing. But we got a long way to go on that one. (laughs) Yeah, but it's definitely a great idea. And I mean, like, what do we have to lose, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. We're already short, right? (laughs) We are. And I honestly, though, I think this is like a very exciting time for nursing because we're kind of like at ground zero and we can rebuild it now. And it's kind of like, you know, no idea is too big. Yeah. I recently gave a talk at Cleveland Clinic's Innovation Conference and the topic was, you know, it's nursing's blockbuster moment and we can choose to double down on the past and go the way of blockbuster and have one left in Bend, Oregon, or we can, you know, take on the growth mindset of Netflix and Redbox and Amazon Prime and Hulu and, and really build our desired future and invest in it and change and challenge some of those assumptions. Like, you know, like late fees and blockbuster, maybe there's stuff in nursing we don't need to do anymore that we've just hung on to for so long and it just isn't as value added. I know there's a lot of that. So I do agree with you. It's time for nursing to kind of step up and build our desired future because there's no going back. And backwards wasn't great either. (laughs) It's not like we had it all optimized, right? No. And that's what the pandemic showed us. And like now it's really time to be innovative and creative. And I think it's exciting. Yeah. You know, Lehigh also did a documentary. So I I would love to hear what spurred that documentary. What was some of the subject of that? And where can people check it out? Oh, yeah. So that documentary, I was one of the four nurses selected to participate in it. So it was myself. It was a nurse who worked in the outpatient setting, but volunteered to come back into the ICU setting during our COVID surge. And then It was a bedside nurse who worked, she was a float pool nurse who worked on our COVID units a lot and a flight nurse. So we came 
to the table, like with a lot of different perspectives and experience. And um, our network asked if we would participate in it and tell our story so the rest of us could heal. So, you know, as part of a stepping stone towards healing our profession, our network, each other, and it was supposed to be, you know, inspirational. We did talk about the really hard times through COVID and the things we've overcame through it. But I think what it really showed us was it really was impactful. It was aired live on television and at our Friends of Nursing event in September. And it really was impactful, a positive impact. And um, now I know you can view it on YouTube. It is called The Strengths to Heal. And it's by Lehigh Valley Health Network. Awesome. Well, congratulations to being featured on that as well. <laughs> Thank you. You're such an awesome nurse leader. I want to just spend more time with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, but I think you just, you've hit on some really good things today, right? It's about engaging your team, bringing them in as part of the solution, not moving to command and control in times of stress, which is really hard for leaders to do. To fall back on your training, like we know as fellow Ironman, you know, there's times in that race where you want to give up, where everything just feels like it's breaking down and you got to move through it. And, and when you kind of get through those things, you can kind of prime your brain to be different. And so I think, you know, in nursing, it's the same way. We are trained to do things in times of stress. You know, how do we fall back onto that training? And then supporting nurses just in different ways from, you know, giving opportunities to our colleagues to come with us to present if that's a piece of it or supporting our new nurses in different ways or providing mental health and wellness support to the nurses that are doing the hard work every day. Just such a great example of where we need to be post-pandemic and investing in nursing. Because, you know, the year of the nurse was 2020 and it was the year of the nurse, but now we need the decade following <laughs> and we need, to, we need to build it back. So I just really appreciate you sharing. One of the things that we like to do at the end of the show is talk about that one thing you want to hand off to the audience. So what would you like to hand off to our listeners? What I would like to hand off is to always listen to your team. They're the key to your success and the success of your patients and each other and the unit. I couldn't end on a better note than that. <laughs> it is all about the team. I 100% believe that. That's how organizations evolve and thrive. So Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they find you? So I am on LinkedIn under my name, Nicole Persing. I am on Instagram as Namaste Nurse because I like to do yoga too. <laughs> Love it. And I am also on TikTok, but not as active on TikTok as Unicorn Nurse 22 because unicorns are my spirit animal. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, MacGyver is my spirit animal. And, uh, <laughs> so I love that you have unicorns. And so check Nicole out on the different platforms, engage with her. She has some awesome ideas. And, you know, we might need to make a, an Iron Man nurse sort of club or something at some point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Maybe I'll go down and run a race together in scrubs or oh, something. Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> I would love to do that. Well, Nicole, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Handoff. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe and receive new episodes at www.thehandoffpodcast.com. <laughs>